Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Cyber Tangent. I'm your host, Ryan Williams, and today I'm joined by returning guest, Vicki Ames. Vicki has worked in the information security industry for over 20 years as the Director of Information Security, Risk, and Compliance at United Therapeutics. She is responsible for the strategic direction and management of the corporate information security and risk management programs. Her experience includes building and leading security programs for the federal government, as well as in the private sector, owning a security startup, and serving as president and CEO of a security consulting firm. She's a published author and frequent speaker on security and risk topics. So, Vicki, thanks for joining us again, and welcome back. Oh, thanks, Ryan. I'm very pleased to be here again. So our topic today, Vicki, is so you've built your cyber risk register, now what? And I know this is something that's fairly near and dear to your heart, being in the risk and compliance space. So I'm excited to hear what you have to share. When we hear the term risk register, though, it's used a lot. And can you just help us understand what does this concept actually mean and why it's important to have one in a business? It is, and I think it means different things to different people. In essence, it means a list of risks, right? But it it has to be more than that. We can all jot down risks. So it also has to have pertinent information, and it will have the results of your risk analysis listed in it so that you understand which risks are high, which risks are moderate, which risks are low. And it can also end up being your tracking sheet to determine who you want to talk to about identifying the appropriate response. And frankly, the entire sheet of a risk register should be the foundation of your information security program, your strategic direction. Nice. So how would someone go about creating one of these? There's a lot of risks out there, whether it's in news or just things that you, you've been going through your company. How does someone even just start this? Yeah, it's, there are a few different ways that people, I think, go about it. And it depends on the level of maturity of your organization of your and of your IT programs and in particular information security program. But you can start from a top-down approach. So you go and you talk to the executives in the organization, not just within IT. You have to talk to the executives that are in what we call lovingly the business. So the folks that actually are bringing money into the organization, whether it's business development or whether it's people that if you're in a manufacturing group or manufacturing the products, the leadership from all the different areas of the organization. And ask them a few questions like, what keeps you up at night? What are you concerned about? What has happened in the past that has caused serious issues to the organization? And what were those impacts and what were the outcomes? So that you can get kind of this broad swath of information of things that people from the top are concerned about. And you can start putting those on a risk register. You could also then, either in conjunction with or independently, do it as a bottom-up approach. So you start talking to the folks in the IT department. And you say, hey, what are some of the trouble areas? What are some of the things that we are traditionally working on? What are some of the mountains we never seem to be able to climb? What are the things that have happened that have caused significant problems? And then follow those out to where they had significant problems, what parts of the business did they have significant problems in, and talk to the folks there to start understanding what those issues are. And you can add those onto your risk register. So you can do it. I kind of like to do a top-down and a bottom-up approach because then you get a good, real good swath of what's really causing harm from an IT perspective to the business and then start to load up your risk register with just those lines. Fundamental, though, you have to understand not just Here's the bad thing that happened, but what are you going to define as 
an impact scale. And I think this is really important that I think we don't do spend a lot of time on and, and people should is that impact scales are different depending on what you're trying to suss out in the organization, right? Impact to the business operations, probably a key metric that you want to have in there. But a lot of the frameworks that we have out there are focused in on more cybersecurity in that they say things like, oh, the impact is is that a hacker got in. Well, great, a hacker got in, but what's the actual impact to the business, to the operation, due to the hacker getting in? So you have to, I think, take it to the next level and start looking at true impact to areas of the business to maybe your organizational goals, to more than just an IT system, because I don't think that we get far enough out into the the broader sense of risk, which is truly what you need to do to start having the conversations with business leaders. Makes a ton of sense, Vicki. Again, couldn't agree more. And so if we pull on that a little bit around the business impact, as I think that's a, a crucial point in getting anything done in a company, Do you have any guidance or advice on some either core metrics that companies can use to determine the actual business impact rather than just looking at log files or alerts? And or is there any sort of like set methodology that you've instilled in the past that you think is a good way to set that foundation for how do you measure the business impact? One of the key things that organizations do is they establish annual goals. And they typically the business says we want to make this much in revenue, we want to do these core things that will help foster our business further. And if you can start tying the impact of events to how they impact those things, I think that's where I've seen a lot of value starting to be driven into the risk management practices within IT. You know, IT tends to be, we're mission critical, I think, in today's world, but we still seem to wind up being treated as mission important. And until we draw those lines and we let the the business know that if IT goes down, you might actually not make your mark for your revenue this quarter, this year. When we start having those kinds of conversations in business terms with business leaders, they start to really understand the value proposition of IT and, of course, IT security. Yeah. How do we get cyber or the information security risk register incorporated with the overall business risk register because you're doing more than just IT or security-related risks, right? I mean, you're, you're communicating on financial risk and operational risk and tech risk and third-party risk and all that kind of stuff that I would think company has one risk officer that wants to see everything in one place. How do you get cyber into the same conversation and ideally, obviously, communicate in a, in a consistent way so that everyone's risk is measured effectively, right? Is, is there anything you can share on, on that side of things? Sure, that is working hand-in-hand with your enterprise risk management organization. And that, that I think, is the true goal because I think it's very easy to have stovepipe risk management activities going on within the organization. Oh, IT is going to look at IT risk, and compliance is going to look at compliance risk, and sales is going to look at sales risk. But they should all be driving towards, again, the fundamental how do we impact the overall business and the business goal. And that, I think, is what the enterprise risk management organization is supposed to be looking at So what you want to do is when you're building your risk register, when you're building out impact levels, when you're building out your methodology, if you have an ERM organization, contact them and say, hey, I'm going to be putting together my methodology. We're going to be looking at things here kind of on the the second tier as an IT organization. But we want to make sure that when we have things that bubble up as high on our risk register, we can then channel them into your enterprise risk register. 
And in that way, when you start partnering with them, you start explaining to them the business outcomes of IT operations going down or hack attacks, whatever it is, they will start saying, hey, yeah, maybe we should be looking at that. Of course, having an information security breach just about every day in the news doesn't hurt either. So I think now is the time to start really jumping on those conversations. Yeah, I think we're doing a great job if we can keep the name out of the headlines, or at least the bad headlines anyways, and, and manage that the best we can. <laughs> but if we, if we pull on a just specifically, and you can go back to the cyber risk register that obviously you're more comfortable with, what does that look like? Just more practically speaking, is that a spreadsheet with a bunch of columns and matrices of high, medium, low heat maps of red, green, yellow? Is it a dashboard? Is it dynamic? What does that look like practically speaking? Yeah, ultimately, it should look like a dashboard. It does now, still unfortunately today, look like a bunch of Excel spreadsheets that have a lot of columns and a lot of information that I don't think really have the punch that you need to start expressing organizationally to leaders. So I, I do use a lot of heat maps. I do think a dashboard's important, and I've, I've come up with a few. The way that you do it, though, is that you do it by within, again, within IT, right? I'm just going to focus on information security for a minute, just the IT space. You have to let competition rule. And so you put it up there and you put it by organization. These people have six high risks on our risk register. These people are doing okay. They only have four risks, two are moderate, two are low. And so it really kind of makes a visual, gives people the vision of where we need to focus our attention in a graphical manner. If the, if the server team, for example, is the proud owner of 10 high information security risks and all the other teams have you know, moderates and lows, well, then we need to focus our attention on addressing those and we need to figure out what's going on in that organization. Is it a systemic issue or is it just, hey, we didn't patch one month? That's, that's for the risk manager to tease out and to start working with the leadership in that space to understand truly what the root cause is so that the appropriate treatment can be done. As you know, our, our podcast is called Cyber Tangent, so we'd like to go on a quick little tangent here. Gartner coined a, a concept called defensibility. I don't know if you've done much research in this space or I just have some thoughts on that term itself, but what does that mean to you and how could defensibility relate to the cyber risk register? I think Gartner's trying to do something that's really valiant and may in the end just kind of inch us a little bit in the right direction. So defensibility, I think, is what they're saying is the solution that's going to solve our issue with compliance, right? So everybody's looking at information security from a compliance standpoint. If I check these boxes, if I do these four things, then that equals security. And I think we all know that that's just a failed mechanism. But when we start talking about the sensible security program, I think people are going to still think, okay, great. What are the minimum things I need to do to be defensible rather than approaching the issue from the kind of different lens, which I think is a more appropriate lens, which is, hey, here are some concerns that we have, some risks we have to our organization. The way that we need to approach them, managing them is through a cybersecurity group. Let's build a, a good, sound cybersecurity group. Now, I know that's kind of pie in the sky, but and I don't have a real problem with, with talking about defensible security programs because I think what Gardner puts out is, again, the elements of good security programs. But I think we've seen that time and time again. So I'm just concerned that people, until we get out of, kind of get out of our own way and stop thinking about information security as a sort of what's the least I can do to protect my investment, mm -hmm. 
risk management can absolutely start letting people understand what the true impact of their investment is and help drive the conversation away from a check-the-box exercise into a much more manageable exercise. Yeah, I think that's where I was going to go with it as well, is that the term defensibility to me, if I could add to what you just said, is really telling that story with confidence when presenting to those business people, right? And saying, hey, it's because it's not just a hacker coming into us, but it's a hacker defeating these controls or fences in our environment that are protecting the PHI or PI data records that we store and are critical to our business and that are using the CEO's laptop and then these servers and and whatnot. And if we don't do anything about it, here's the problem that we face and the risk that we face, whether it's a financial risk or a operational risk, whatever it may be as an outcome. That is a, a story that I think resonates with business people and you're not showing the log files or the alerts or the patches that you're going to go do that they don't really understand. But they understand, holy cow, this is how I view my business. That's a big impact to that. I don't want that to happen. What kind of money, what kind of resources do you need to go fix that? Well, here are some recommendations. And that's, I think, tees you up perfectly for someone to defend the reporting that you're putting forward while also then getting either funding or resources for whatever it is that you know can actually support the business a little bit better. I think it all just comes down to having confidence in that story of why the risks are what they are rather than just saying, here's our problems. Sure. And and you hit a great point is that it, it truly does tell the appropriate story. I mean, if you're just looking to, oh, we have to do cybersecurity because, well, I've been told we have to because bad things happen, go grab a framework, start implementing that on a very piece-by-piece basis you're not really doing anything comprehensive, but you might think that that's something that auditors will look at fondly. And, and they won't, you know, until you can actually demonstrate that you put some time, some thought, some energy, and some research into building a right-sized information security risk management program in your business, you're going to not fare so well when they come knocking on your door. Totally. Yeah. So let's come back to the risk register here as a, we'll get off our little defensibility tangent for a bit. There's so many risks changing. Every single day, frankly, every single minute, probably your risks are changing, but your business can't move that quickly. A lot of businesses are operating like a Titanic and it just takes a long time to, to change directions. So how does your, your program or really the, the risk register change and adapt to what's going on out there to still move the business at the speed at which you want to, but also reprioritizing which risks to focus on and making sure that you can adapt quickly and, and where necessary? Yeah, it's the struggle is real, right? That's uh, that's an ash that happens all the time. What I think is most important is that the person you have to well, first off, you have to have somebody dedicated to doing IT risk management, and they have to have the right conduits into the enterprise risk management organization, and they have to have the conduits to the leadership with the information technology area of the organization, because those are the leaders that can direct resources. Those are the leaders that can do the start, run, stop decision. And when you meet with them, and you have to meet with them very frequently, you have to say, is there anything new out there that we need to go analyze from a risk perspective? The risk register is not a, it's a point in time, kind of like a vulnerability assessment. It's not something that doesn't ebb and flow throughout the months and the years. So regular meetings with those executives, understanding if you need to add new risks on, understanding and monitoring mitigation activities so that you know when risks have been mitigated to the acceptable level so they can drop off the risk register that you're talking about with the executive, you have to keep it living as a risk manager. 
and you have to be flexible and you have to you have to understand also that the decision is theirs, not yours. The risk manager is the unfortunate messenger and the people that are really the key decision makers and they're the ones that really have to take ownership and accountability of all of these things is the leadership. And that, that gets a little muddied sometimes. But as you said, the struggle is real and you kind of sign that you sign up for that, right? Taking the job in a sense as well. And you just try to do your best to defend <laughs> the message being as concise and clear to, to make the best business decisions, right? Right. And it's your job to go gather the information and talk to your people and present it up to the decision makers and then meet with them regularly to ensure that forward progress is being made. And when it isn't, highlight that as well. I mean, it's an interesting position to be in, to be talking to people saying, hey, you told me that we were going to take care of these two top risks in the next quarter. Here we are at the end of the next quarter and talking to your people and nothing's been done to mitigate this. What, as a leader, do you want to do? Do you want to reevaluate our treatment strategy? Are we just going to ignore the risk for a while, accept it for a while? Or do you really want to throw some resources at mitigating this? And those are difficult discussions to have with leadership, but that's, that's the job, like you said. Probably last question here. What do you see as sort of the future outlook of either the risk space or the future of the development of a risk register? How do you think it's going to evolve? How would you like it to evolve if it's obviously not where you want it to be today? Think about either today, next year, five years from now. What do you think are some of the changes that you see coming down down the pike? I think information security as a function will migrate into a risk management function. I think that's what information security was always meant to be. And, and it sure, in my mind, does a lot of risk management, just not very formal risk management. So I'd like to see those organizations, those two kind of silos become one, have a person like that elevated as a CISO or C-risk or officer or whatever to the level that they can talk with the CEO and the CIO of the organization as a peer so that risk management truly is on the same par as all the other business functions. It's, it's one of those things that I think we will see in the next five years. The other thing that we need to see in the next five years, honestly, is a different and better tool set. I know there are a lot of tools out there in the GRC space. I don't know that I've found one that really meets all of my needs. And certainly not just from an IT perspective, but moreover an enterprise risk management perspective, they're either too big and unwieldy or they're too simple. So I think those need to evolve. And more importantly, they need to evolve into providing graphical representations and assisting us with presenting this information to executive leadership. Fundamentally, right now, I think we discussed this a little bit earlier, we're still using Excel spreadsheets, and I've been doing this for 10 years. So we need to get to the point where we have the ability to take the data, move it around, and put it into a presentation that really hits home with executives. And we need the tools to help us do that. So I think overall, it's going to mature. I know that's a kind of an overused word, but I really think that people are just starting to catch on to the fact that risk management is really important with respect to information technology and how it affects the business. So I think we'll see that get better aligned in the next five years as well. Yeah, I agree. And I think just from being at different conferences or just reading the news and some other stats out there, I mean, it's pretty obvious that cybersecurity has become the number one challenge or risk facing organizations today. And so where it may not have as big of a presence or understanding in the past, 
it's being talked about now and people are thinking about it, right? It's keeping board members up at night. It's keeping CISOs and risk officers up at night and getting better around best practices and confidence that we're doing the right things, the right place, the right time and can back that up. I think will make everyone kind of sleep a little easier, but I think you're going to see a lot of whether it be regulations or whether it be vendors creating tools to optimize how to really understand this. I think you're going to see some great stuff for the next five years because it's only still early. It ain't going away anytime soon. <laughs> Hackers are still going to be out there. The more data and tech we have, it's not going away. So we all have jobs for that matter. That's for sure, Ryan. Well, Vicky, parting thought here, if looking back at your overall career, what's one thing that you would either change or maybe do differently or maybe just recommend and knowing your younger self or if you could talk to your younger self knowing what you know now, what's something that you would you would give as that advice? I would go back, get into my way back machine and go back in time and tell my, my younger self to get out and understand how the organization works, how the business that you're supporting today, how do they make money? What are the other parts of the organization? Are there people in the other parts of the, the organization that I could get to know a little better? It's so easy, and I fell victim to it for a while too, when you're in IT, to just sit down and talk with the IT people and IT gets along with IT and not look, pop your head up anywhere and truly understand the organization and how it all works and how, what, what we're selling, how is what we're selling going back into our bottom line, getting a little bit of business acumen and also talking to those people because when you understand their problems, you can bring that back into the IT organization and actually solve actual problems that affect real people in your business to help drive business goals. Awesome. Well, Vicki, thank you so much again for joining us. Uh, appreciate everything you share with us. So look forward to following your progress there at United Therapeutics and stay connected on the social world. Find her on LinkedIn. Great resource. So Vicki, thanks again for joining us. Thanks again, Ryan. I always have a great time talking with you at Cyber Tangent. 